1: Find us here, moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron
0: Podcast number 314. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Machinery Scope and Machinery Finance. I've got Troy Vosberg here from Machinery Finance, and we've got a uh, lot to talk about today, Troy. There's no lack of stuff to talk about. It's talking about what we see happening in rates and all those kind of things around us. So, how you been, man?
1: Good, good, really good. Just, um, again I think just trying to get used to this rising rate environment yeah. out there but I think that I think everyone is so
0: yeah that's uh that is an understatement for sure so talk a little bit about machinery finance machinery scope what that is and and where folks can find it at
1: sure definitely we um uh, we're based here on Alexandria Minnesota um been on the machinery scope side which is actually our extended uh service contract uh division which I'm sure a lot of guys are familiar with out there been uh, in business here for about the last, uh, eight, nine years anyway, and, and offer extended service options for all ag dealers out there. Um, you know, a little bit, maybe lower horsepower construction dealers, um, just to really, uh, supplement, um, you know, what they're getting obviously from their captive insurance companies or, or try to, you know, maybe stretch out some terms or a little older in equipment or, you know, just kind of be there to fill in all those gaps. And, and so been doing that for quite a while. Um, the finance side of it, obviously, it was started a little bit later, 2018, we started kind of doing a little bit with the finance side. And the, the philosophy was obviously to, you know, basically do the same thing, um, you know, really go out there and try to fill all the gaps that maybe a captive might not quite be uh, filling um, and then be able to really kind of provide a service uh, to the dealer Um, you know, other than being just another lender or bank out there, we wanted to create an opportunity for them, uh, to have their own finance division. And even if they had their own finance division to be another outlet, um, you know, just some of the larger dealers out there where we could, you know, do some soft pulls on credit history and, and give them guidance on where to go and what to do. And, and luckily we've been able to, you know, contract with about 35 different lending opportunities out there, giving us, you know, a pretty wide array of, Uh, construction equipment lending, A equipment lending, titled equipment lending, um, and and then try to cover all the different uh, gamuts of credit out there. You know, you get a lot of differences in credit, and and a lot of that's revolved to economic conditions and everything. And we may be running into some of that right now. We'll we'll see what happens as we go. But we wanted to be able to provide, you know, the best of the best um, on A credit rates, if we could be extremely competitive there all the way down to, uh, stuff that might be a little bit more difficult to get approved. Uh, they call it maybe more of a subprime credit. Um, but in reality, it's, um, you know, as as things have grown over the past few years uh, and more and more dealers are on the platform, it's become um, kind of a go-to where they feel like they can just kind of wash their hands of it a little bit and keep selling equipment the way that they would like to sell equipment and sure. not have this, I guess, down. Domic-
0: right on. Uh, can you hear me all right? I can Okay, there you go. Kind of cut out on me for a second. All right, um, all right. So let's talk about what's going on and see in the environment. So you had a CPI report come out today. Stock markets all excited about that. And then you got uh, the Fed meets again tomorrow. Uh, this is uh, tomorrow will be the what is today? Thirteenth, Fourteenth. So it'll be yeah. December Fourteenth. They'll have their Fed meeting. They'll release their stuff everybody will come through it. And by Thursday morning, the world's going to probably come to an end again. So until um, right. Friday, then it all bounce back. But, you know, as you're looking at what's going on right now, they're all intents and purposes. It looks like they're going to see a half inch or half inch, a half uh, percent rise in uh, rates again. So um, right now you're seeing a lot of seven and a quarter to seven, seven, five range stuff out there. I guess as you look at this, uh, Troy, and you're and you're kind of picking your brain here a little bit about what's going on. What what's your what's your gut reaction to seeing an eight percent interest rate or a seven and three quarter interest rate on on a pretty regular basis now?
1: Yeah, I you know, and and I I really think I mean you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I I really would can't see it not being somewhere in that range here. You know, somewhere in the near future at this point. I think the with the Fed meeting, like you said uh, today, and Tomorrow they'll release, you know, their, what, you know, I guess draws everyone's attention is that Fed funds rate that they're going to set, you know, which is, a, right. a it's the guidance is what it is for banks to, to lend to each other, um, you know, on a nightly basis on reserves and borrow if they don't have the reserves that they need, obviously, to keep their percentage up. It's determined by the Fed, but, you know, that's gone up, you know, what, has it gone up three or four points here just in the last, you know, what, six, eight months, nine months altogether? Um, so that, that real cheap money that we saw, you know, before we saw it for a long time. So everyone gets really used to that. I mean, it's just like fuel prices, you know, all of a sudden they start rocketing up and people get all worried about it. And and in all reality, interest rates right now, you know, if you look historically are still actually, you know, really not that high compared to where they have been, you know, in, in previous times, it's just, I think we've got used to those really low rates and of course, uh, I mean, let's face it, the lower they are, the easy it is, obviously, to, you know, to produce a profit, you know, for a lot of people out there borrowing money. Um, you know, I, I, right now they're sitting at 3.75 to 4% roughly for that Fed funds rate. And I think the biggest issue that they're trying to solve for is obviously to, you know, circumvent inflation right now. And, and I think they'll continue uh, to probably look at raising possibly that rate until we see you know some backtracking on some of those inflationary numbers. Um they talk about this um you know inverted curve you know where we've got long-term rates 10 years uh compared to say a short-term rate a two-year um, which are dropping a little bit quicker than what the two-year were uh just recently you know you look at those mortgage rates and they've actually gone down about three quarters of a point over the last month, month and a half, but you haven't seen that much flexibility on the short-term rates. And and so I think they'll, you know, I, you know I've, I've read a lot of speculation on it. I mean, speculation is probably eventually for them to maybe tap out somewhere around that four and a half, four, seven, five, five rate. So I think we do have a little bit more. the The big thing will be if they do come out, like you mentioned, and it's a half point instead of three quarters of a point, because the last, how many times, you know, it's been a three quarter point increase each time. Uh If it's a half, there's a little bit of all of a sudden, a little bit of a sigh. I mean, things are still going that direction, but at least we're starting to feel like maybe there's a little bit of a top out at this point. And and I think it's, you know, I think it's probably pretty inevitable that there is recession coming. It's just a matter of how difficult is it? How long is it going to last? And, you know, hopefully right now, maybe those, you know, even if those rates do get to that level, which you know like you said if you're looking at rates in the 7s now and fall a little bit um i think we uh i
0: think we're probably at our top end i'm hoping at that point yeah yeah i hope so too hope you're right hope you're right all right so what are you guys doing over at at uh at machinery scope right now i mean what are some of the some of the stuff that you're doing i mean you're you're uh i guess kind of define a little bit what it is that you're doing there i mean it's a uh, it's not a uh, an average run of the mill, like type of, of lending institution. You've guys got some different packages and different groups of things that you do, but, but you're primarily playing on the lease side of stuff. Is that correct?
1: I actually do both finance and okay. lease. Okay. And yeah, you bet. You okay. bet. Yeah. So we, you know, we, like I said, our, our big thing was to try to create one spot um, for either finance companies at, you know, the dealerships or the salespeople that they could come to and have everything, you know, from, one lender to 35 lenders uh you know with the guidance obviously in the background to try to assist on where to go because it seems like every lender out there um you know or finance company out there has got some sort of different regulations or or um i guess probably stances on credit that they would rather see come across um, you have your real solid a credit players out there and then you have some that allow you know maybe a little bit of what we would call more of a b plus or a B credit tier where it just doesn't quite maybe hit that say 700 mark in credit. If we are going to relate it, you know, maybe they're uh, just a little underneath there, maybe a couple 30 day late payments or something, you know, but, but still should be able to get an approval somewhere. And it's a matter of finding, you know, who likes the ag business, who likes the construction business, who likes it with a little bit more cash down, um, you know, who will take it without any money out of pocket at that point, you know, who's going to uh, specialize a little bit here or there. So without, everyone else having to try to figure out where those places are and the best places are out there. um, You know, we've, we've contracted and we've been able to kind of sit behind here and be able to just kind of act as kind of the expertise in that area and say, Hey, we've got the platform. We can create the credit application links that are customized for each dealer group. You guys can carry them on your websites. You can email them. You can text them to customers. They can fill out applications electronically they can, um, figure things out on our app that we have out there at that point. Uh, and when they come over, you know, we're able to take a quick look and do a soft pull, credit poll. And I mean, a soft credit poll is a lot of people understand, you know, it does not hit your credit report. Um, it's something um, that's very similar to maybe what an insurance company will do when they're renewing a policy or something like that out there. Uh, they may check it, but it's not going to hit your actual credit report. So we can get a pretty good idea of where that's at and the best place to go, you know, and probably narrow it down to the top two at that point and really probably either take it from there or just kind of stay behind the scenes and let the salespeople or the finance division run with it. Uh, a lot of that, you know, nowadays um, we see is all involved in EDOCS. Uh, so EDOCS is the next step, which is very easy. Uh, it's a matter of getting funding instructions, you know, from the dealers and then we kind of handle. Uh, all of that forum at, at this point. And, and the real neat thing is, you know, as, as being, um, I guess, with having as many dealer groups as we have on the platform, there's a lot of volume that's being driven towards uh, some of these lenders. And, and of course, when you have 35, you don't use all 35. I mean, you do have your favorites and you have the ones that are uh, the best, I think, out there right now. And then you have some backups for certain situations. And when we're driving that much business towards those specific lenders, a lot of times, we can, um, you know, get opportunities or programs with them that we've been able to negotiate on behalf of the dealers uh, to be able to draw down those interest rates a little bit. You know, right now, like you said, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the talk is sevens out there. We actually have got rate capability in the lower sixes, um, middle sixes right now on on ag equipment and, and um, can go on six, seven years at this point. Same thing on the construction side of the business. Um, you know, it, it, we're able to, I guess, the last probably three to four months since we've seen this increase, um, you know, we've had a couple opportunities be able to hold tight for us and just create special programs and keep our rates a little bit lower because of the volume that we're sending at this point. And, and so it's it's made a big difference. And, and like I said, I think we've gotten to the point with some of the dealers where it's just kind of a, hey, we got the app, we're sending it over here, you guys handle it let us know when it funds at this point. and And if you need anything else from us, you know, give us a holler, but um kind of, I guess, maybe replaced a little bit of what they've had to do in the past. And then also kind of assist in gaps that maybe the finance team might need just a little bit of expertise on, or maybe another option out there that we can kind of push forward. So yeah. the rate opportunity for us, you know, for a while there, when we first started Casey, it was interesting because it, you know, we, we could, maybe match or be right around there with an A-credit player, but we were getting a lot more business maybe on some of the stuff that was not being approved by the A-credit players out there, you know, the natural go-tos uh, in the industry. And and as we've grown and built more volume, um, we've been able to now, you know, be able to negotiate some of those opportunities with some of those lenders. And now all of a sudden our rates are actually showing up anywhere between a half to sometimes three quarters of a point better than the A-rate players out there. So um, it it it's uh that happens obviously with volume as you go you can't do that initially right away up front but it's um it's been real interesting and and we've seen you know quite a bit of growth obviously from day one but this last year has been a doubling in business and so it's it's exciting for us I mean we're obviously um you know trying to make sure that we're turning things around as quick as possible and uh you know adding people where we need people at that point but uh you know it's a, it's an interesting time in the market too right I mean you're you're looking at, you know, a lack of inventory and rising interest rates. And so it's, uh, there, you know, there's a little bit of a pullback, but it seems to me right now, and I don't know what you're seeing, but seems like there's money out there. It's just a matter of making sure that they can, I guess, find the right inventory,
0: you know, before yeah, exactly. uh,
1: before it gets swallowed
0: up. So yeah. I think that's exactly right. I mean, you're looking at what's going on out there with equipment. And there's, like you said, there's plenty of money out there right now. Our guys are, are, are really looking at, at what their options are and what they have available and and what they're looking for is not necessarily what's available and i think that's the biggest stumbling block we see right now more than anything what i see happening is we see a lot of of one-year-old um two-year-old you know low hour stuff out there and and that's great it's awesome There's, there was a there was a need for that stuff, and we, we've we got that filled up. We've got, we've got the people that are interested in doing those things. The issue that I think we're running into is that we have really low hour stuff and really high-hired stuff and nothing in the middle. And, right. and I think what I'm feeling, and I would like your opinion on this, what I'm starting to feel a little bit and what I'm starting to see a little bit is – very similar to what we saw with uh the lease craze uh in you know 14 15 16 17 all the way through you know up to 20 or whatever where we looked at a lot of leases and we were selling a payment we weren't selling necessarily the price of the machine and I think we've always done that to some extent but now the uh, Forefront of what the machine cost is really in in people's minds right now um so I think we're going to revert back to that with you know high interest rates and what that does to um, the 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 payment structure of the machine, and what that looks like, and the then the long term, you know, five or six years down the road, what's this? You know, the interest that you're going to pay, and all those kind of things. It feels like to me we're slipping back to that. We got to be creative and start thinking about payment structures and what that looks like. Are you are you having those kind of conversations, and are you feeling the same kind of thing that I am?
1: Correct. Yeah, I think the leasing <clears throat> requests, as far as quotes, have gone up actually over the past say thirty to sixty days. And so I think you're right in regards to that. I What's going to be interesting, though, is where do the banks or the leasing companies, you know, where are those lease residuals going to fall into play? Because I think yeah. before, you know, when we talked about that early run, the 14, 15, 16, like that, I think residuals were they probably a little too high, Pro- probably, in regards to, you know, looking out. I mean, I, I, who would have foresaw what happened at that point? But, you know, the, the issue you run into there is all of a sudden prices dropped like crazy and and then these leases were coming due and and everyone was turning these pieces of equipment back in and the banks and captives were sitting here with all this equipment and and prices on these pieces of equipment were quite a bit lower than what they were holding that and so i think they're going to look at that and they're going to say hey we don't want to get ourselves in that situation again you know we definitely want to move equipment and we want to definitely move new equipment um but at the same time, are they, are they going to be able to, you know, carry those higher residuals? And I, I don't know if you necessarily need the higher residuals like you had. It seems like, you know, we're still doing uh, leasing, you know, up to this point on, on you know, the, in the popular area, I think, obviously, has been right in that, you know, probably one to four-year-old piece of equipment. You know, maybe you're sitting underneath Two three thousand hours or something like that on those pieces of equipment, and and you've still been able to get some pretty decent residuals on those. Uh, so we, we we've seen a little bit more of that happening. Um, I, I again, it's it's a it's what the auto industry kind of perfected for a while there when they said you know we we really shouldn't be selling on interest rates you know which which we do a lot of um, you know and, and we push a lot of out there and, and they decided hey you know what really seems to 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 get things moving is is payment options. And and when you can break things down to cost per hour, cost per acre instead of a dollar sign, instead of um, you know, what that interest rate is. Um, you know, it's because let's face it, if you look back, you know, when we first started talking about these rates started going up, um, I took a look the other day in March of last year, and I think our rates were sitting in the upper twos. Right. You know, so all of a sudden, I mean you're you're you've more than doubled where you're sitting at right now. And and a lot of the guys will Want to pull back a little bit, but yet if you've got that cash out there, um, you know there's still probably something they need to do with that by the end of the year and and maybe even into next year. At this point, so I, I do think that's something that they will come back to. It's just a matter of where are those residuals going to be at. You know, are they going to be at? They going be competitive enough? The other thing that I think will maybe slight that just a hair is is the the banks' um, natural feeling. I think when rates start to rise like that. Of uh, maybe pulling back a little bit on credit, right? So they're, I think they're starting to kind of tighten up a little bit more. Um, I think you'll see that. I, I took a look at a report the other day that had um, November um, chapter 11 bankruptcies and they were up 74% compared to last year, November. Now, mm-hmm. that's just a number, but at the same time, what that usually does to banks is they kind of go, oh, wait a minute, maybe we need to really kind of recondition on what we're looking at and what we're buying and and so it's going to be real important, I think, for the dealers out there to be able to have a pretty wide variety of options at their hands, right? So they have a number one or number two, and those number one or number twos decide to tighten up a little bit and maybe not you know, do as much in regards to that leasing end of it. They need to have some other options or need to have some other you know, outlets out there that they're going to be able to get these things done at still. Otherwise, the people who do, who might be sitting next door, who are using those Uh, you know, we're going to swallow that business up. Because like you said, it's not necessarily so much about, um, you know, the the equipment isn't prevalent, right? And it seems like everyone's looking all over the country for equipment. Uh, And it seems there's some out there, it's just a matter of, you know, are we able to get these things done the way we have in the past? And and so it's nice to have that bucket of different options that you can have, no matter what happens with the credit when it comes to that.
0: Right. (coughs) Excuse me. So I think if you look at, Moving into twenty-three, um, I mean I think you made a good point there where our banks are gonna start taking a hard look at, at a lot of the stuff a lot more um, you know, a lot more intrinsically than they've looked at stuff in the past, right? Um you got you, it's easier to get away with stuff when you're you're lending money at you know two and a half percent, not you know, six and a half or seven percent or seven and a half percent or something like that. So that that money really really jumps up there quick. What are your thoughts on twenty-three and and how do you see things kind of moving along. I mean, I I feel like 23, there's going to be plenty of um opportunity out there to look at some stuff. There's some big crops we talk about, a lot of big crops all over the world. Um, but we're also having a lot of struggles right here right now, just getting the the stuff that we need to have take care and taken care of uh t- to happen. So um I guess as you look at 23, what are your thoughts there? And how do you how do you foresee um your your lending options, you know, kind of playing into that.
1: Right. And I think, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the lending options too, there's a couple different kind of lending options out there. I mean, you have your lenders who are banks who are able to borrow, um, you know, from the Fed at that point, and they're able to borrow at maybe where that Fed funds rate is at, etc. And And then you have your others that aren't necessarily Fed funds banks that are finance institutions that are trying to, you know, borrow from a warehouse line, or maybe they're trying to borrow from, um, you know, an asset backed Security that that they've offered, or something like that. So, those rates tend to get a little bit higher. Um, So, you'll see some differences. I think there's a little bit of a gap I think we've already seen between some of the banks out there and others, um, you know, just because of who they're borrowing their money from at that point. So, that'll probably play a lot into 2023 who's going to be getting that business. Um, So, again, uh, you know, a, a real good thing to have a larger opportunity or a larger group in front of you to be able to take advantage of that. Um, I again I you know I to me and and I, I'm not the expert I'm not the one who's gonna obviously make the decisions you know fed level or anything like that whatsoever and uh, but I would I, I definitely think that you know until inflation starts to go the other direction they're going to hold and and from you know what we've studied and read we we see um you know that carrying for a little bit longer um I don't see I don't think it's going to to go up and then come back down again, right away. I think you're gonna see these things. Maybe I'm, I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe they can start tailing off here into the beginning of, of this year where the increases stop. Um, but then I think you're probably gonna see that rate level held, you know, for for a while. You know, I, I, uh, I've seen people and I've seen investment articles in regards to where people think the recession is gonna hit a little bit in the beginning of the year and then things are gonna pick back up. And then I've seen others say, no, it'll hit towards the beginning of the year and it's going to carry, you know, through 2023, um, you know, based on that. But I, 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 beyond that, I mean, obviously it's, it's very difficult to to predict anything, but I, I wouldn't expect, um, you know, and again, this is just my opinion. I wouldn't expect to see those seven, eight rates that are going to be there and happening come down much quicker um, in 2023. Um, you know, I, I do think that they're going to, it's going to be kind of a, a little bit of a new norm, as they may call it for a year or so. And then we'll have to see what happens in regards to the inflation side of it. And like you mentioned, there's cash out there. Um, you know, so I think the buying is going to continue even though the rates are going to be a little bit higher. I mean, it's, I guess the same thing as, as fuel to me, you know, you see those fuel rates go up and, and people still do what they need to do. They still drive around. They still get from place to place. They said it's a necessary evil. They just, maybe they'll reduce a few things here or there. Um, so I don't see it, you know, cutting decisions off you know really large it's just going to the other piece of that puzzle obviously is how quick the stuff get produced you know at the factories so we're able to continue this you know this role of of one to the next guy to the next guy because like you've alluded to on many other um you know podcasts and everything too that trade cycle um you know the whole thing gets gets broken up with with not having that new piece of equipment and able to move to that guy that's buying that you know and yep. that trade going to the next and the next and you know, so it's not affecting just one transaction, it's affecting five, you know, in a yeah. row. So if we can get more of that produced and, and that can loosen up a little bit, you know, I think the interest rate part of it will kind of die down in regards to being that important. Um, you know, it's always going to be important. Guys don't want to borrow money when it's a little bit higher than a little bit lower. But at the same time, you know, business does go on. And, and um, you know, I think I think we're still going to see a decent amount of purchasing. and And like you said, probably maybe a little bit more leasing. Uh, to offset some of that. And some guys that may want to just lease for a few years and wait to see what happens with the values of the equipment. And if they're in good shape and the values are still high, great. They got equity in it. If they don't, um, they're able to maybe turn it back in at that point. Um, The price you pay for a walkaway lease, though, is quite a bit less residual. Uh, So I I still haven't seen a lot of requests for that yet. I I see a lot of requests for, um, you know, pro leases or First Amendment leases or track leases at this point where um, you know, they're probably going to buy it out uh, just just to be able to keep the residuals high enough. But I think once you start seeing more and more people want to take advantage of a walk-away lease, then that's when you'll start to see more of that that adjustment, you know, and when we'll probably see a little bit higher percentage of customers out there. And a lot of it has to do with um, how we present at the dealership too. you know, are we out there presenting that? Uh, to the customers or is it just the finance end of it and and i think the guys that are able to present both those options are the ones that are always going to win uh you know when it comes down to it you just got to know where to go and and how to how to handle it and and understand that piece of it and be comfortable with it so you're putting your customer in a good position
0: right all right last question here and we'll, we'll hang it up here when you're looking at i think the one thing that i would say is a uh Kind of a bit of a moniker, I guess on on my on my radar here is is uh, you know upgrade kits and what that looks like. Whether it's a you know, precision plant stuff or deer's upgrade kits for their planters and sprayers and those kind of things, technology, additional technology you can add on those kind of things. I foresee that there's going to be you know less powertrain actual le- like. F- turnover from a customer to being sold and way more of this you know upgrade kit stuff put together on there and how those things come together from your perspective and what you're seeing happen on the lending side of it are you seeing more um guys looking at hey you know I'm looking at taking my planner and making it new again type of thing and hey I'm doing looking at these little uh, you know additional you know whatever technology add-ons of sorts whether it's guidance systems or whatever it might be how are you looking at that and, and how's that fitting into your portfolio?
1: Yeah, we've actually seen uh, some requests for just guidance systems, um, you know, which we've been able to as long as generally and a rule of thumb, a lot of times, as long as there's a serial number involved, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that we can handle pretty easily in regards to being able to finance that on its own. Uh, there's a lot of lenders out there who want to tie that directly to the piece of equipment, too, and make sure that that's held for collateral. But then there's others that will just say, hey, yeah, as long as we got the serial number, we're, we're OK just to actually. Um, you know using that as collateral um you know to back this loan at this point or uh so I I think you're right I think there's you know there hasn't been a a huge amount but I think there's you know and I think you we probably felt that this last year it seems like there's a little bit more of a race um now to get to you know that autonomous um tractor at that point or autonomous equipment or uh you know different things that that I believe are are kind of pushing that further and I think our big players in the industry are are really, you know, not that they haven't been to everyone because there aren't enough um, of them being produced. They are going to try to be able to probably what they're, you know, they're going to tie in some sort of in-between that they can do until, um, you know, until they're able to get their hands on that equipment. And that might be adding on some of that guidance equipment, et cetera, uh, that that I think are going to help. So it is definitely something that can be, um, you know, set up on its own contract. Uh, and so, you know, when, when we, I guess, when it boils down to it, if, if you've got someone looking at, you know, not necessarily maybe writing a check for something like that and, and keeping cash, being we all know cash is king, uh, you know, during these times, um, you know, it's definitely something we can assist with and and set those contracts up, and and it's a matter of the same setup. It's a purchase order. It's a serial number that's on it. It's a description, and and you know, it's an application, and and it's taken care of just like the actual. um piece of equipment itself
0: I don't know yeah yeah that's something I'm're seeing more and more of they are wanting to do some more stuff like that because technology so well Troy, I appreciate you being on the podcast man if folks want to reach out to guys over at machinery scope machinery finance is best way to do that
1: sure hey best way I think would be to just uh get to our you know websites uh obviously those are www.MachineryScope.com. And then the finance is obviously the same thing. It's Uh We've got a couple uh, 877 numbers that they can uh, reach out to if, if they want to reach out directly to the finance scope side and ask any questions or need any assistance. Uh, that number is 877-687-1444. And uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions, take a look at anything. Um, you know, just like I said, be kind of in your corner and try to get you guys uh, some assistance to move more and more equipment, you know, even even though we're running into some pretty challenging times. So,
0: For sure. For sure, man. Well, appreciate you being on there, man. Looking forward to seeing you guys uh Moving Iron Summit coming up here in uh, September. We'll be there. Right on, man. Okay. All right. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Also, uh, go to Moving Iron Podcast on LinkedIn and check the video version of this up at Moving Iron, LLC. I'm sorry, Moving Iron Podcast on YouTube, so check it out there. So uh, go to Moving Iron, LLC for everything Moving Iron related. And with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Troy Osberg. smart folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Through the years
1: you'll find us here Moving higher